Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell sitting along Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. How you doing this morning, Kurt? Doing great, brother. It's good to see you. Good. Good and, seeing you. Yeah. And uh, there's been some things happening in your world, brother. What's... Uh, well, Thanksgiving you, you, night. Thanksgiving night. I'm out doing Christmas lights on my deck. Yeah? And I hear my wife inside the kitchen. I hear her go, oh, no. And she never says that. <laughs> and I knew. I just paused. And I said, what happened? You she knew. Goes, my water broke. You knew. Things were happening. Stuff. It, things were moving. And so you uh, you had a new addition to the family. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, he. About uh, him. He. typical man I'm working on Christmas lights and I say honey why don't you get in the car and drive to the hospital (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll meet you there and if it's not a false alarm (laughs) call me and then I'll I'll, I'll bring everybody I'll come up there because I got Christmas lights to work on but no she did make it to the hospital it was not a false alarm we had a baby she actually drove by herself yes we've had false alarms with our other babies before where we got there and it wasn't wow so anyway we had our fifth son on uh, Friday you're loaded with compassion aren't you yes I am (laughs) So. Compassion and mercy. So you got you got a baby, baby boy, baby boy. Yeah, Jake and Conley Russell, the fifth Russell. The, I've got my starting five now. Um, five boys, oh. and the the ages again, and all the all the all the boys. Eight, six, uh, three, two, and newborn. Yeah. Uh, listeners, let's pray right now for this family. <laughs> we need it. But, Congratulations, uh, thank brother. Thank you very much. That's, that's fantastic. That's good super. Times. This is good Thanksgiving. So, yeah, um, yeah but we're going to talk today uh, about a topic. And if you're just listening, Solid Steps Radio, we are a show for men by men talking about issues that a lot of times guys may not want to talk about or address and don't get around to talking about. And I want to read a quote today that reminds me of our guest who we're going to introduce here shortly and also of of our topic of of conversation. This is by Henry Kissinger. He said, the task of the leader is to get their people from where they are to where they have not been. And I thought that's pretty profound considering today we're going to talk about leadership and what that means as men. And we're going to talk about a man who took a group of people where they had not been (laughs) And, and took him over a 40-year process uh, to get there. And uh, it's a great story. So I'll let you introduce our guest here, and we'll dive on in. Uh, listeners, it's a great honor to, to introduce uh, Bob Russell. And uh, Bob, uh, welcome this morning. It's great to have you here. I want to say right up front, my last name is Russell. Chad's last name is Russell. I've always liked Chad, but I don't want after today anybody to think that he's a relative of mine. Any man who makes his wife drive herself to the hospital after her water has broken, uh, uh, I'm telling you, there's, there's something wrong with that guy. Well, if you have five kids, I know it gets to be a little more common, but that's a little extreme. <laughs> well, I get asked all the time, am I related to Bob? Bob never gets asked, is he related to me? I can guarantee you. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah well anyway bob it's, it's a, a super sweet to have you here and uh we want to just uh learn from you a little bit and kind of pick your brain and um so uh tell us tell us some new things uh, uh that are up and coming that's been going on you 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 were pastor at southeast for 40 years and you stepped down in leadership 
to, to really continue on in ministry. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, in 2006, I had been at Southeast for 40 years, and uh, there were two guys, Dave Stone and Kyle Eidemann, who were capable and eager to lead, and it was time for me to step down. I figured the children of Israel put up with Moses for 40 years. 40 years was long enough for this church to put up with me. But I didn't retire just to goof off and play golf and weed in the garden every day. I wanted to have another chapter in my life where I could do something different in ministry. And it's almost been 10 years now, and it has flown by, and every day I've got plenty to do, and uh, there are new things that I'm doing. Uh, I, I've done for almost 10 years, mentoring groups for preachers. And once a month I bring in eight guys. I limit it to eight guys because I want it to be interactive. And those have gone so well. I've done 70 of those. 70. I, I recently had some businessmen ask if I would do a retreat for businessmen. So we just did a pilot uh, retreat for businessmen two weeks ago, and it went really well. And we may expand into having a, an emphasis uh, of retreat for Christian businessmen who want to be a light shining in a dark place. Talk a little bit about that that retreat, that pilot retreat, just for a moment. Um, what are some of the things you talked about? Well, we talked about ethics in business. We talked about balancing business and family. We, we talked about uh, stewardship of time, stewardship of resources. We, we, we've had a, several guest preachers, cause, not, not guest preachers, but guest businessmen come in and talk about mm -hmm. how they use their business to influence for Jesus Christ and to be generous with their resources. And it was really beneficial to the guys who came. So we're going to step back and evaluate that retreat and think about some way to duplicate that for businessmen in the future. Wow. That's exciting. Did that uh, that just stir in you? Um, well, my heart is with preachers. I, I I understand preachers. I can relate to preachers, but uh, we brought in experts in in business and people who had had unusual experiences that really challenged them. And I, I think it was beneficial for the guys. It'll have to be a different retreat than I do for preachers. But I did bring these guys into our house, and we ate at our house, and we talked about family, and they asked some questions of Judy. You know, there are a lot of similarities between uh, overseeing a large church and and being a, a business person. So I, I, I related, I think, fairly well, but probably Probably not as well as I do preachers. Wow. Well, let's back up a little bit with the preacher thing. So you've, you've been doing 70 retreats over the last, uh, you know, almost 10 years. And uh, what's the highlight or, you know, what's what, what are some things that you just absolutely love when these preachers come into well, I'm town? I'm glad you asked that question because uh, one of the highlights is the final night we bring these preachers to our house and uh, we talk about family. And the last few retreats I've brought Kurt in. And Kurt talks with these preachers about how much they, how much he loved and how much he misses Kristen. And then I asked these guys to go around the table and tell me about their wife and what they love about their wife. Well, they've been gone from home for three days and they're going home tomorrow and they start getting a little sentimental and anxious to go home. And Chad, uh, about two months ago, we had a retreat and one of the guys was from here in Louisville. I mean, these guys come from all over the nation. Right. But one of the guys was uh, Theo Dews, who's the minister of South, South Louisville Christian Church. And he got to thinking that night about how much he missed his wife. So 
He rode the van afterward back to Country Lake Camp up in Henryville. He got in his car and drove home and spent the night in Louisville with his wife. And then he got up early and met us for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> and he actually cheated on the men is what he did. <laughs> so, so I said, I said in the morning, I said, guys, we, we have it. We have a man who has betrayed us among us. When David brought Uriah home from battle and wanted him to go home to his wife, Uriah was so loyal to his men that he wouldn't even go beyond the front doorstep. But we have a man here this morning who betrayed us last night, went home and spent the night with his wife, and we want to call him out. <laughs> we had so much fun with that. But you asked me, what's a highlight? It's good to see these guys uh, be eager to go back home, to be eager to get back in ministry. We, we call the retreat a time of refreshing because preachers so many times are serving, serving, giving out, giving out, and they need some time to replenish their well. They need some time to f- be filled with the Spirit again. And so when they come to the retreat, we tell them, look, you guys are not in charge here. You don't have to worry about anything. We're gonna we're gonna lead you every you step like of the cattle way and lead you every step of the way, and you can sit back and relax. We're not gonna embarrass you, but this is gonna be a good three and a half days. And and some of these guys come in pretty broken down. and broken, and uh, their wives will write us later and mm. say, "Boy, thank you for what you did to my husband. I felt like I got my husband back when he came back home." Oh. How many guys who come to those retreats, Bob? are from non-mega churches, which I would think oh, most the of the guys majority, aren't. Yeah. The vast majority. We, we, tr- we found out that we do better if we pair guys up not by size of, uh, not by age or not by denomination, but by size of church. Hmm. They have more in common with guys who are in the s- a similar kind of ministry. So we've done retreats for mega church guys, but we've also done retreats for primarily uh, guys who, who are in uh, churches of uh, 75 or less. Wow. Some of them are bivocational. And uh, a guy who comes to the retreats, Ben Merrill, specializes in ministry to guys in small churches. Uh, He's a church growth expert, especially for small churches. So we relate to where these guys are, and probably uh, those are the most fun for me because those are the guys that are beat down, very little appreciation is given, and when we give them a gift or we do something special for them, they're so appreciative. Where those of us who have preached in megachurches, we're kind of spoiled. Right. (laughs) I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. Here's some more from Bob in the break, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell here with Kurt Souter and our special guest today, Bob Russell. And uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor today, Carol Rogers Carpet One, Ken Martin, who is a sponsor helping us out. And um, any flooring needs, Ken and his crew can take care of you over there at Carol Rogers Carpet One. So we were talking out of the last segment coming into the break, Bob, in his retirement, he did not buy a pair of Bermuda shorts and dark socks to walk around on the beach with a <laughs> metal detector. He has been as busy as he's ever been. I think over 70 retreats the past decade. Yeah, and plus is, you're doing, you're, 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 you're preaching all over the place and speaking. And I'm actually preaching more now than I did with the <laughs> I had to share the pole with Dave Stone, but now I probably am gone 40 weekends out of the year and I'll 
do a leadership conference on Friday and Saturday and then preach on Sunday and fly back in. The great thing is I don't have to write as many new talks. I just kind of find a new audience <laughs> pull, pull, for the old <laughs> Pull out an old one from the file and uh, brush it up a little bit. And, and Bobby, so tell us just a little bit about, uh, you got a new book coming out. I do. Moody Press uh, published my book uh, called Acts of God, Why God Permits So Much Suffering in the World. And they asked me to do uh, another book f primarily for preachers, and it's going to be entitled uh, Looking Back After 50 Years of Ministry, uh, Seven Things I Would Do Differently and Seven Things I Would Do the Same. And uh, I'm excited about the book because I, I have a heart for preachers, and I think it will help preachers. I think it'll help guys in leadership positions uh, in the secular world as well. But it's the the primary target is preachers. So, but speaking of leadership, well, give us a couple things that you would do over. Well, I start out by talking about I would function more out of faith and less out of fear. Mm. That when I began in ministry, I was very apprehensive and lacked confidence and uh, was uh, often fearful, so fearful at times that I didn't accept some opportunities that came my way that maybe I should have accepted. And But even a, a, a greater uh, mistake was uh, I was so apprehensive that when God was blessing, I didn't enjoy it until mm -hmm. I look back in retrospect. And rather than celebrate it in the moment, I would be so concerned about whether this was going to go over and, and so apprehensive that I would have to get away from it sometimes weeks later say, wow, that was spectacular. And I, I think because we, we lack uh, confidence in the Lord, uh, we sometimes fail to celebrate the present moment. You know, Sir Lawrence Olivier was asked what it took to be a great actor. He said, humility enough to prepare and confidence enough to perform. And there has to be a degree of confidence wow. to walk by faith to really, I think, be used fully of God and yet to celebrate the, the event at the, at the moment. Another thing that I said I would do differently, let me just mention two others. One was that I would watch less TV in my spare time. Mm. I think about the time I wasted at 9.30 at night when I would finally crash. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to read any more <laughs> books. I just was want to veg out. And I pick up the remote and turn on and watch a rerun of Seinfeld or <laughs> Mythbusters or channel through and watch something I shouldn't be watching until 11 o'clock at night and then go to bed and watch a little bit of news and go to sleep. And I calculated how much time I wasted just watching inane television. Mm. And if I would have taken a half hour of that time and done something productive, uh, something with my hands, or uh, learned to play the piano or something, it could have been a much more valuable use of time. And today I have to transfer that. Guys maybe not turn on the television, but they get their cell phone in their lap and they're, they're escaping to the cell phone. So I talk about the, the best use of time. One of the other regrets I had, I I, uh, if I can go back and do it again, I'd be more animated and give more attention and um, be more uh, focused on my wife. Mm. Especially in the early years, I was so focused on ministry that I neglected Judy. And I'm really, really thankful that she never complained and she was understanding 
But I mean, I took her for granted in an awful way, and I regret that. I, I, I finally woke up over a series of circumstances, and I, and our, our marriage has always been good, but it's been a whole lot better the last few decades when I realized the number one sheep that I have to care for is my wife in the home. Wow. And so I've got a chapter on I would be more loving and focused and more animated with my wife. Yeah. And you guys have been married... 50 years this past summer. We celebrated 50, 50 years. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, There's not a lot of people who can say that yeah. today. So yeah. congratulations. Well, That's, I appreciate that. Thank you. And so, you know, if you were talking to leaders, you know, people in the community, be be with your wife. Be, be present oh, with know, her. You know, the best thing that a father can do for his children is love their mother. I think the best thing that a leader can do for whoever he's leading is to model for them what it is to be a godly husband and to model family. The people ought to be able to look and say, that's what I want for my home. That's what I want for for my marriage. One of my models for that was a guy named Russ Blowers who preached for years at these 91st Creech Street Christian Church in Indianapolis. When he retired, I think he had been in this church like 46, 47 years, a reporter from the Indianapolis Star asked him, what are you proudest of in your ministry? And he didn't say, I'm proudest of the fact that I led the Billy Graham crusade or our church grew or our church started so many new churches. He said, I'm proudest of the fact that I never had to go into my kid's bedroom at night and explain why I'd been unfaithful to their mother. Mm, wow. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's that's what I want for my legacy. That That's what is uh, that's the foundation of good leadership for you to be able to model what it is to give attention to your wife now strange thing you know russ wife last few years miriam he you never doubted that he loved her but she got alzheimer's Mm. and one night they were coming home from a party at church and she had had a hard time remembering people's names and she was so frustrated with herself she felt her mind slipping and she started weeping and she said oh Russ what's going to happen if I when I can't remember your name mm. and he said patted her on the knee and said that's alright Miriam I'll always remember your name oh, and you don't wow. have to worry I'll take care of you wow. and boy he did I mean finally at the end they had to put her in a home but he was there every every day and he would report to the church how she was doing and every man sitting in that church would say that's what I need to be. I, 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 that's that's a godly example I need to follow. Wow, that's what a what, what a what a model to follow. I, I think men are easy to, for us to compartmentalize things, and I think when when someone says the word ministry, and we're talking about people who are in full time vocational ministry, that it would be easy. I'm asking you now. I guess it, was it hard to say okay. I'm a preacher nine to five, but I'm off when I get home. When the reality of it is, like you just said, the the, the gentleman you just mentioned, his ministry was his home, his family. I mean, is it easy? Is it hard as a man to kind of see those two worlds that they're really one thing? I think regardless of whether we're in ministry or leadership in any capacity, when we come home, we want to be off duty. Mm-hmm. We We don't want any more responsibility. Yeah. We've, we've had to be on stage, we've had to make decisions, we've had to uh, cover for people, we had to talk all day long. So when we come home, that's when we wanna 
lay down on the couch, read the newspaper, and take a nap and vegetate in front of the TV, and we wind up uh, just giving one-word answers to our wife and being short with them. Uh, and, and you're definitely right. We compartmentalize. This is my business life. This is my church life. This is this is my home life. But somewhere along the line, and it was too, it was later than it should have been for me. I said, I've got to do better at home. I, I've, I've got to give attention to the people. The people who I love most shouldn't receive the least amount of my energy. Yeah. And uh, so I decided I was going to learn to shift gears. And when I left the office at church, I would say, Lord, that's the best I can do today, but I'm going to not take any books home. Uh, I'm going to leave it here and pick it up tomorrow. And now I've got to go home and give attention to the people who are the most important to me. Ben Merrill, who works with me on these retreats, <laughs> says that he pounds a nail into the door between the garage and his house. And if people think it's there to hang a hat or a coat or something. He said, no, it's that nail is there to symbolically remind me that's where I hang all the junk that's happened during the day and leave it at that door so I can go in and give attention to my family and my wife. Hmm. And I, I, th I think that we first have to be convinced that what we do inside the house is the most important thing that we do all day long. And mm -hmm. then we've got to be willing to, to give the energy and, and uh, uh, <laughs> attention that, that is required. Bob, you tell a story about when uh, Judy called you and uh, left a message and the answering yeah, machine picked well, that up. This is one of the times, uh, uh, Chad, that it kind of jarred me. Uh, my wife called me one evening after five to tell me she was going to be a little late coming home. And I picked up the phone so late that the answering machine recorded my conversation. And I uh, saw a few minutes later, oh, I got the red light on. Uh, so I listened to the voicemail, and it was my conversation with my wife. And I was stunned at, how, at the deadness of my voice in this conversation. It was something like... Uh, and Judy's always got a lilt in her voice. Bob, you having a good day? Okay. What are you doing? Reading newspaper. Well, I just called to tell you he's going to come home a little late. Uh, we got hung up here at work. It'll be about an hour late. Okay. What, do you want me to bring something home? You, you want to go out to eat? What do you want to do? Doesn't matter. Okay, see you in a little while. And I heard that conversation. And I had just read a book by Bruce Larson and had a chapter in it entitled, Are You Fun to Live With? <laughs> I said, no, I'm, I'm not fun to live with. If I die, I want Judy to shed at least one tear. So if, but I knew if that had been the average person in the church, said, Bob, how you doing? Having a good day? Yeah, having a good day. How's yours going? What are you doing? Reading the newspaper, reading this article about UofL football. You know, have you read it? Well, I'm going to be home. Well, don't hurry. Just don't worry. Just doesn't matter whether we eat out or just let's just be together. But my wife, I'm going, yeah, no, yeah. And it really convicted me that day. And that was a turning point in my marriage when I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do better. I'm going to shift gears when I come home. Mm-hmm. Bob, uh, let's, uh, we're going to have to take a break here just in a minute. Um, but uh, when we come back, I, I want you to address, you know, when a husband has been that way, how, how do you make those changes? You, maybe you have some regrets uh, in the family and, and uh, think about that. And we will come back in uh, just a couple of minutes. This is Solid Steps Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 